Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Welcome back again to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley and joining me on the line is Shane Ambrose and joining us in studio is John Keeley. Hello, John. Good morning, guys. I made it eventually. Well done. Well done. We're delighted to have you as usual. Now, as I said in their introduction at during this time, we're going to have a quick look at the sacrament of anointing of the sick, Shane. Yes, as listeners are aware, we are currently doing a series on the sacraments. So in December, we did the sacrament of penance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in January, we did the sacrament of baptism. So this month, we're doing the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And one of the reasons we're doing it in the month of February is that the 11th of February, as many people may know, is the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. And it also happens to be the World Day of the Sick. So that's the reason why we're doing it in the month of February. And of course, the sacrament of the sick, or the sac- to give it its full title, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, you know, is traditionally used to be incorrectly called, you know, extreme unction or the last rite. Mm. That's what, mm. probably what a lot of our older listeners will know it as. And it's, you know, it was previously, you know, commonly only administered to people that were actually dying for the remission of their sins and the provision of spiritual strength and health. And I suppose... You know, to start off, we should clarify what exactly are the last rites. You know? mm-hmm. And the last rites, they're not a sacrament in, of, in and of themselves. You know? They are, you know, they are uh, a set of sacraments given to people who are extremely ill and believed actually to be near death. That's basically what they mean, the last rites. It's the last series of sacraments that a person will receive in this life. So what are, what are those sacraments? The sacraments of the last rites consist of penance, mm-hmm. sacrament of confession, then anointing, and then, then uh, Eucharist, or viaticum, it's called. It's a technical title that is when you're describing the last rites. And it's purely meant to prepare a dying person's soul for death by providing absolution, sacramental grace and prayers from suffering through the anointing, and then you know the final reception of the Holy Eucharist, or viaticum, which is the translation of provisions or food for the journey. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful idea that the last sacrament you receive is actually Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's actually the only form of the sacrament that's actually associated with the last rites that you really need to have. Okay. And, you know, you can survive without penance, you can survive without, you know, the anointing of the sick, uh, but the actual last rite is to receive Holy Communion. It's not that's beautiful. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful idea. And it's, it's a huge tradition. Even, you know, the very first council that was held it was, you know, at that stage in Nicaea in 325, they said, you know, at that stage, concerning the departed, the ancient law is, you know, and that was 325. The mm-hmm. church was only being born, if you like. And even at that stage, it was a great tradition that the last sacrament to be received is Holy Communion. But back to the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. So what is it, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose after the Second Vatican Council, you know, its use was looked at again and expanded to persons who were gravely ill or who were about to undergo a serious operation. Because, of course, it provides two benefits. It's, you know, the remission of sin and also, you know, spiritual healing in one sense and potentially, you know, physical healing as well. That's the understanding of the sacrament behind it. And like confession and Holy Communion, to which it's, ho- it's closely linked, the sacrament can be received as often as is necessary. Mm-hmm. So uh, Pope Benedict, actually, his message this year for the World Day of the Sick reminds us that the anointing of the sick is one of the church's two sacraments of healing mm. together with the medicine of confession you know mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's that's the whole idea you don't have to be dying to receive the last the, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick 
So I suppose we'd say to our listeners out there who are listening in this morning, who might be housebound, maybe have been for a while, and they're, you know, they're kind of worried about putting the priest out. Mm-hmm. Would would we encourage them to ask for the sacrament? Yes, definitely. You know, and it doesn't mean you're on your last legs mm-hmm. and you're on the way out. You know, there was a joke. You know, there was a joke one upon a time when the priest came in to give the last rites, and the person on the bed said, "Oh God, now I'm in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole idea of the celebration of the sacrament of sick is actually one of the ones that we can trace directly to Scripture. It's alluded to, actually, in the Gospel of St. Mark, where Jesus sent out his disciples to preach, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick. And then St. James, in his letter, specifically tells us, you know, that if any person is sick among you, let him bring in the priests of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick person and the Lord will shall raise them up and if he be in sins they shall be forgiven him you know it's can't be, you know much more basic than that you know exactly and Jesus even I, I, if you are sick you know that is the time to ask for the sacrament mm-hmm. I think even you will find when we reflect on the gospel in a little while that today's gospel is very much connected with um, the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Mm. Indeed, indeed, because there's, in, in today's Gospel we actually have the healing of St. Peter's mother-in-law mm-hmm. who was ill. So it's part of, you know, Jesus' ongoing ministry of healing and outreach that, you know, the Church, through the sacrament, reaches out to those that are sick. And, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ancient tradition that, you know, has found in both East and West, in, in our own tradition, in the Latin Church, you know, in Roman Catholicism, one priest is the per, you know is the minute the pri- the person who administers the sacrament is a priest or bishop, mm-hmm. and in the Latin tradition it's you know it's just one priest. But there's a beautiful idea in the Orthodox tradition where where you have to receive the anointing of the sick, there's a number of priests involved and they pray over you, and it's a beautiful idea symbolizing you know or linking in with James's letter. Let him bring in the priests of the church and let them pray over him. Yeah, I, I think a lot of our sort of listeners might have experienced that in um, in Knock mm. every Sunday during the season. It's a beautiful Sunday, maybe Saturday too, where, uh, you know, just as you said, a number of priests can celebrate in Mass would join together and lay their hands over the congregation and then offer the anointing of the sick, walking through the pews to the people. It's a wonderful healing, even for those of us who are not receiving that sacrament. True. Knock yeah, and Lourdes, actually, would be the two places where I would have mm. the sacrament being administered to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's the, the, the Second Vatican Council said to us, you know, the anointing is to be administered to the sick especially those who are in such a condition as to appear to have reached the end of their life. But also, it's not only for those who are at the point of death. You know? yeah. so but it's for I those of us that are in you know, sickness or old age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, you know, and it comes from this idea, the ancient idea, that when people in the, old, in the ancient world were injured or sick, there was a great belief in the curative powers of oil. And it's used, obviously, by athletes in the Olympic Games and things like that. And that's kind of where, you know, the practical side of it comes from. That's why oil is used. You know, if a priest is anointing you, it's a case of, you know, he should actually almost smother you with it, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense. When he's anointing your five senses, so that's the tradition in the church. You anoint the five, the five senses if you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a case of you don't just come along and wipe the oil off. Mm-hmm. You know, you should let it soak in. By its very, you know, oil, by soaking into the skin, it moisturizes, it lubricates. 
it strengthens the body physically aside from the spiritual benefits that can come from it. And of course the prayer that the priest prays when he's anointing you is, is beautiful as well, Shane, isn't it? Oh, it, it is absolutely beautiful. The form of the sacrament is that basically, um, you know, the, the priest will use generally olive oil mm-hmm. and that's been blessed by the bishop, generally done on uh, the week of Holy Week. Generally, the, it used to be the Chrism Mass, but it's uh, whenever the Chrism Mass is held. Mm-hmm. And as, as they are anointing the person that's sick, they say, through this holy anointing, May the Lord, in his love and mercy, help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who frees you from sin, save you and raise you up. And it's beautiful, beautiful mm. prayer. You know, to anyone, to anyone that's in difficulty, because, of course, when a person is ill or weak or feeble, you know, as well as the whole physical side of it, and the fact that you can't probably do something for yourself or you're down, there's the whole mental and spiritual turbulence that comes from being sick and people being upset and mm-hmm. the loss of independence. And it's just that whole idea of the sacrament, you know, is an outpouring of the of Christ's grace through his church to strengthen you in that time of difficulty. Mm-hmm. So um, the whole idea of the, the olive oil, Pope Benedict kind of makes the point that, you know, the anointing of the olive oil recalls the double mystery of the Mount of Olives, if you think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, it's the location of the Garden of Gethsemane, where mm-hmm. Jesus, A, confronted his passion, and the place then where he ascended into heaven. So, it, you know, it's kind of, the oil acts as God's medicine, offering strength and consolation to people, yet at the same time, pointing beyond the moment of illness towards definite healing in the resurrection. What, what are the effects of the sacrament, Shane? Um... The sacrament of the anointing of the sick is, you know, it provides, I suppose, like any of the sacraments, it provides to us a number of graces, a number of spiritual benefits, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things, I suppose, that, you know, when you pray for the sacrament and you receive the sacrament, you would pray for the grace of fortitude to resist, you know, temptation okay. when a person is weak. Mm-hmm. Because I suppose it's often when a person is sick or weak that, you know, depression can sit in, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I the medical analysis of it. I suppose what we would say maybe from a faith perspective is a person is tempted or led astray. And it's the idea that you, know, you would pray for strength to resist that temptation or to have strength to get through those dark times when you are sick. Because it's not easy, if you're, particularly if you're bed-bound. It's hard always to ha- you know, be asking, why me? Mm-hmm. Why am I being healed? Why am I not getting better? Why is God doing this to me? You know, So the anointing of the sick kind of... Is a, is a sign that you know, God is with you. He's giving you this sense, this, this sacrament of strength, this sacrament of healing. It may not provide physical healing, but the idea is that if we are open to its grace, we might receive a spiritual support in our suffering You know that we're going through. Now, that's an and interesting point, Shane. <coughs> um, you just said there, he may not provide physical healing. Mm. Why doesn't God heal everyone? I, well, I, one of, I suppose the idea would be that we have to be open to the working of the Lord in our life, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, I'm no serious theologian, I suppose, but when someone says, well, why is there suffering in the world? Mm-hmm. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. We're not God. If we knew, we would be God. Mm-hmm. You know, as speaking, I suppose, from personal experience in Uganda and seeing the suffering that was there, it does cause you to you know, ponder the issue and pose questions to yourself. That sometimes you cannot answer that question. You mm-hmm. Know. Mm-hmm. But one thing I always, you know, when someone says to me about suffering, I say, God does not 
you know, allow suffering to happen to us in our lives without unlocking within us the strength and the grace to be able to deal with that suffering, mm-hmm. you know? If a person is going through a dark time in, our, in their lives, generally, there is a Simon of Cyrene to mm-hmm. help them carry their yeah. mm. and And that, I suppose, is part of what the sacrament is about as well. It's Simon helping you to carry your cross of suffering. Mm-hmm. Nobody can take your suffering away from you. You know, that's, you know, that, you know, we can't do that and God can't, won't, probably won't do that as well. But, you know, it's, it's the idea, I suppose, that there is someone there to help you carry it. Mm-hmm. Jesus is there with you in suffering. Because I suppose one thing I say to people that are, particularly people that are sick, and I've known a few people that have been very low and kind of one person said to me, well, where is God in my suffering? Mm. And I, you know, the response is, he's there with you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's right there beside you in it because he has suffered himself. Exactly. Ultimate suffering because he has died. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa of Calcutta used to have a great belief in the prayer of suffering and those that were sick and how, you know, much God listened to their prayers. Mm-hmm. And for many years, she had... Um, a situation where people that wanted to participate in her work as you know the missionary to charity and outreach to the poor but they couldn't do it because they were sick or housebound or whatever and she set up a kind of a letter system or an outreach where basically they prayed for the work of the missionaries of charity and it comes back to what we've asked our listeners to do this year you know just because you are not physically able to do something does not mean you're used as a person has stopped mm-hmm. you know this is the whole challenge to us as Christians we are believers of prayer we communicate with God we talk to God intercede pray and thank God and that's you know the importance of it is that if you are sick or suffering that is an opportunity for prayer and self-discipline in some respect and I, I just found out something that you sent to us during the week was very good Shane you said um, that God uses our suffering to help others and you were explaining about St. Paul on his first missionary journey and how he had been stopped, uh, he was forced to stop traveling because of some ailment. And he wrote to the Galatians, he said, you know, it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. You were making the point that had he not preached to the Galatians, he wouldn't have later written the epistle to the Galatians that is now part of our New Testament. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, you know, even though we must face a certain amount of suffering, I suppose, we know God's grace is sufficient to sustain us. And that, mm. so that was kind of Paul's uh, idea as well, to a certain extent. If he had not become ill while on his first missionary journey and been forced to stop traveling, he wouldn't have preached to the Galatians. And the, the whole thing that came out of that and the, the, the message of life that they heard. Um, <clears throat> I suppose just, just, just going back a bit, I suppose, just to, just to say to people again, you know, the anointing of the sick, it's not a sacrament for those who are only on the point of death. It's a sacrament of healing. That is the most important thing, I suppose. You know, we can, we can talk about it and how it's done and its history and everything else, but if, and if you were to get anything out of our reflection on it this morning, what I would say to our listeners is this. The anointing of the sick is a sacrament that is open to us all. It's a sacrament that each of us should get probably at some stage in our lives. It's a sacrament that doesn't you know, only apply to those that are on their deathbed. You know, it's basically, as, so, as the catechism put it, you know, as soon as any one of the faithful begins, begins to be in danger of death from sickness or old age, the fitting time for them to receive the sacrament 
has certainly already arrived. And I suppose that's what I would say to people this morning. Don't be afraid to ask for it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it is there as any of the sacraments. The sacrament is a kind of a source of grace in our lives. And as any of the sacraments, it is there to support us in our journey through life. In some ways, I suppose, it's almost a hidden sacrament. We don't, you know, we don't hear about it often enough. Or it's mm-hmm. not preached about often enough. And, you know, but it's just, it's a sacrament of strength and support. Uh, but, of course, like any sacrament, it, you know, it only unlocks the strength in our lives where we are open to that grace and we receive it in prayer and in faith. Beautiful, Shane. Thank you very much. Thanks for that, Shane. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.